Hello, and welcome to the Polymer Clay Podcast. I'm your host, Haley Holden. This is a space for all things surrounding polymer clay for education, growth, community, and art. Today is my second installment in testing out polymer clay techniques from books. Today's technique also comes from the book Bead Making Lab, 52 Explorations for Crafting Beads from Polymer Clay, Plastic, Paper, Stone, Wood, Fiber, and Wire by Heather Powers. I also used this book in last week's episode. I found it at my local library and I will link this book in the show notes. This tutorial is on page 16 and is called Scraffito Beads. Basically, the tutorial has you make and bake a flat bead, apply paint to the bead, and then use a lino cutter, linoleum cutter, to carve a design into the bead. Scraffito is a technique used in different art forms where you scratch away different colored layers to reveal a design underneath. I started this project by making some oval and circular shapes from white Craftsmart clay from Michaels. And, you know, as I'm going back and organizing my thoughts for this episode, I realized that I totally missed part of the instructions. The author says to use permanent patina paint, and I just went ahead and used acrylic paint because that's what I have on hand, and I didn't read it thoroughly, to be honest. I'm really happy with how my final product looks, but I wanted to disclose that because that's what the directions say, and it's probably better to read the instructions thoroughly. So after my pieces were baked and sanded, and then I applied acetone to the edges, I then mixed some red Liquitex Basics acrylic paint and some orange Artist Loft acrylic paints together. And I applied two thin coats to the front of my pieces. I wanted like a reddish orange fall inspired color. And I was happy with the color I achieved. Now I only applied it to the front of my pieces. And I thought that by applying it to the front of my pieces, I would get like a framed effect by leaving everything else in white. Now, if I were to do this again, I would follow the instructions correctly and coat the entire piece in paint. I think you could leave some of the piece uncovered, but I think you will get a neater, cleaner appearance if you cover the whole piece in paint. Or at least if you're a little bit more careful with how you apply your paint. I then traced a leaf design into my pieces. The book suggests using a provided image and making a transfer with um, a pencil. And I think that there is a lot of value to making one design on a separate piece of paper and then transferring that image to your piece. Because in each of the sets I did, my designs turned out to be slightly different each time, which isn't a problem at all. But if you want uniformity or matching pieces, having the design on a separate piece of paper and then transferring it to your pieces would help to ensure that just a little bit more. So before we go any further, let's have a safety moment. The next tool I'm using, lino or linoleum cutters, are very sharp, so make sure to work slowly. You should always hold your project by its base and cut away from your fingers. Never cut towards your fingers. That being said, the process of cutting into the clay was extremely satisfying. This was a really fun part of the project. I have a speedball lino cutter, and I use the smallest V-shaped cutter that came with it. I didn't need to apply a lot of pressure, and I was able to get nice clean lines. I was working on one of the largest size earring pieces that I make, but it was a really fun process, and I chose to use the largest size pieces that I make um, just because I was afraid Honestly, I was a little afraid of this project at the beginning. I didn't know how 
how my lines would turn out or how much detail I could achieve in a design. So I chose to do a really simple design at the beginning and then my second set I went a little bit more intricate. To help keep the lines of my carving uniform, I tried to carve with the same amount of pressure wherever possible. That way I was achieving the same depth into the piece each time and that would make my lines a little bit more even. Now the tutorial says to cover the painted pieces in microcrystalline wax before carving. And I didn't do this. Uh, I don't have any, I didn't quite know what it was. I had to do some research on it. But I'm wondering if it would be wise to somehow seal the acrylic paint before you start carving or even after you're carving, right? I think you could put a resin on the top surface, but that would leave the sides exposed. It would also take away from the texture that you just created in the carving process. Now I know people who use acrylic paint on their polymer clay pieces and don't seal it and they've never had any problems, you know, so I think that has to do with how they're using their pieces and the quality of paint, but it's just something I was thinking about. So again, there's another part of the tutorial that I did not follow correctly. It says that after painting your pieces, you should use an embossing heat tool to heat each bead for 10 to 15 seconds. I used my embossing tool in between the two coats of paint to help my paint dry uh, because I was impatient. But I'm not really sure what the point of that step is. I don't know if it would help set the permanent patina paint or help it to dry better. I'm not really sure. But I did use it, um, but because my pieces cooled before I carved them, I don't know if it really made a difference in cutting the consistency of the clay. Another thing I would recommend, use a pre-mixed color. I mixed two colors of paint together because I wanted a custom color, which was fine. It worked great. But that also meant that I wanted to get an opaquely painted surface rather quickly before the paint I mixed dried out. Because otherwise I would have had to try to color match a second coat and that sort of thing, and I didn't want to do that. So I would recommend either using a color straight from the tube or finding a way to keep your paint ready to go between coats, especially if you are painting all the sides of your piece. I really liked the versatility of this technique, this graffito technique. I can see using metallic paint on a black clay or even a black paint on a metallic clay to see the design really shine through. I think it's best suited to flat surfaces, especially for safety reasons with the lino cutter. I would give this tutorial a five out of five. It was easy to follow, easy to use my own cre creativity to make my own, uh, make my own spin on it. And I really liked how you could take this in your own direction and be super creative with this project. I'm wondering if you took your clay pasta machine roller, right? And you put it to the thinnest setting and layered that with a slab of normal thickness if you could get the same result by using this graffito technique. I think you'd need to apply more pressure and go deeper when you're carving, but it just might work. Might be something I have to try in the future. So thank you so much for listening to the Polymer Clay Podcast. If you have any topics for the podcast, drop me a line, Haley at HoldenAnote.com. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at HoldenAnote. Follow us wherever you get your podcasts, and please leave a rating and tell your friends so we can grow this community. For more information and to sign up for the newsletter, please visit www.HoldenAnote.com. 
The music in this episode is Bright Wish by Kevin McLeod and Copentech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 License.